0: Welcome to the Huskies Hockey Podcast, your number one resource to tell you. Everybody should call off the search because we found Mietnin. He is doing well. He popped in those two goals there on Friday. Overall, had a really strong weekend. But uh, I think I think we had the whole podcast nation uh, looking out for him in, in the surrounding area. We got him. We got him. So, uh, kudos.
1: Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we got him.
0: Uh, this is uh, weldy and andrew here uh talking all things husky hockey college hockey you know kind of whatever kind of pops into our head um it's you know we got a little bit of a i don't know reverse curse you know we talk bad about uh, a player drag him through the mud a little bit we light a little fire under them sure enough vietnam pops in molinar who I was like, what the heck is he doing on the power play? But he had a nice little play down low. He got a goal, and you know, you you asked me about a couple of uh, words on Kupka, and you know, he didn't he didn't light the world on fire. I think uh, he had a, what a secondary assist and whatnot. But I thought he actually played uh, really well. So uh, overall, so if if by the end of the podcast we got to we got to shout out on someone and just start ragging them so they yeah, get three we have out. the uh, Midas touch, I think. We're the husky, husky <laughs> whisperers.
1: We can uh, get, the, uh, Ooh, get the struggles. Out like that. of struggling players. So, yeah, we're gonna call someone else. We're calling someone else out on the mat. And once we're done with that, I guess we can move on to like bigger things. You know, we can maybe we can solve world world hunger <laughs> through this through this <laughs> method.
0: No, this is this is the extent of how far everything goes for us. I don't think it needs to go any further. We're good. This is all the responsibility I want. Probably right. Did you ever watch The Horse Whisperer? I never watched it. I know nothing a about The Horse it. Whisperer is, uh... Uh,
1: no. no. Why, what? It's only ringing, it's, it's only ringing a thing. Where did that bell. come from? Is that, a, is that like a Robert Redford movie?
0: Yeah, it was like a... Robert, like it was Ugh. one of those like three hour long movies in the eight nineteen or the late nineties. It was Titanic, is what I watched in uh, at that time. That was three hours, and that was it. Which put some respect on Titanic. I know it was cool to hate that film for a twi- bit, I saw it, but twice in the it's theater. A solid, and th- and that's the thing. Is like. It, it was really well-liked and well-received, and then all of a sudden, it was cool to hate it. It was like, oh, that movie's terrible. Ever, it was
1: in theaters but, for, like, a solid year. At least, even in, like, the Hastings movie theater, yeah. it was there for at least nine, ten months, which is pretty unprecedented. We're already off on some tangent.
0: It holds, like, honestly, it holds up. It's It's a fairly quick three-hour, you know, three-hour-fifteen. There you go. You got. You got to, I was you got a, a salt huge story there, Titanic so, nerd, not
1: just not the movie, you know, exclusively. But I went to the library and I looked up the books, and the I watched the A Night to Remember, which was in the 50s, which was a Titanic movie, and I was all in. And that didn't necess- that wasn't like prompted by the 97 movie. I kind of started that before that, so kind of fit right into that theme. Oh,
0: you I hipster! <laughs> I you I liked think, it before. It I think that's cool. where Cameron got the idea. <sighs> Probably. Did I ever tell you the story about me and my friends? were at the Rocks slash was the Riverbats. We were at the Riverbats game, and we were watching Batty, who was got was the Batty. mascot. Shout out to shout out to Batty. <laughs> and. We were talking and, you know, just my, uh, my at that time, girlfriend, future wife, um, and it was um, her friend, um, and, you know, we were just kind of all talking about, you know, just the life of being a, a, a mascot and thinking it would be a perfect film for, and of course I'm blanking on the director's name. Who who made the 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 dog show best film. in show?
1: That was uh Christian yeah. Guest. Like the Mockumentary one?
0: Perfect. Yes. So so we were so we were talking in in the stands we were like this would be a perfect uh film like premise for just like best in show. Great movie by the way. And if you're uh yeah, so funny or which I think is the um, best. Waiting record. for Guffman. They're both great though. I don't know. I'd have to I, I think I'd have to re-watch Best in Show, but like Waiting for Guffman, like it hits if you were it like. It hit a me and I was person.
1: not a theater person. So uh and I and I really am not a dog person either. So this is a testament to how good <laughs> these films are.
0: I mean, that's true. Uh so basically waiting for guffman it's you know uh like community theater and people you know are trying you know taking it incredibly seriously talking about you know the times they have like an off 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 broadway show and you know and it's kind of the same with uh best in show where it's a dog show and you know just kind of the behind the scenes think of it like a cross between the office and uh, dance moms <laughs> it's kind of the best way i could i could think of it, it it's kind of christopher guest in his style but anyway we were talking about how good it would be for our, like christopher guest film if he would to go like in the minor leagues baseball and talk about like mascots and like trying to get promoted up to double a AA and triple a and hopefully getting in the bigs and then you could have like a big league mascot he's, that, and you he's know, just, he's got just demoted down to AAA. Dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course he is. And then you've got, like, the recruiters who's there to watch Maybe it's like you like, have, like, I was, a, I was just like, a mascot invention.
1: Because those things probably happen, maybe. Even if they don't, it's a ridiculous yeah. idea. And yeah, it's comedy gold. We should write the script. I, I think it's a good idea. I'm not joking. <laughs>
0: Right? Like it wouldn't that be just an absolutely perfect like idea for for a show? And then it turns out like I don't know, like he was developing one for Netflix and like 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 three months later like he it was announced and I was like, there was somebody in the stands, I swear, that bugged us or a friend of Christopher gets like, Hey, I got this great idea for a TV show. So what? got to would it. have been so uh, many
1: years ago. So did they actually go? Cause I, I'm unaware of a Christopher guest, uh mascot mockumentary.
0: I don't know. I gotta, oh, I'll, I'll try got to find it. Be sure. You know, maybe, maybe we, I have maybe we could have an update on it. I so, swear. I mean, even,
1: like, uh, a mighty wind has, has some fans, not as good as the two that we mentioned. Of course, we're leaving out this is spinal tap, which kind of started the whole deal. Uh, Uh, And then even like For Your Consideration, which I thought was maybe one of their weaker ones. I'm pretty sure I've seen all the ones in with that same kind of comedy troupe. Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, Fred Willard, all these same actors that are in all these movies. And if there is one that's got a a mascot theme to it, I would watch it tonight.
0: Uh, Yeah, there it is. Mascots. 2016 okay, well, film
1: i'm not as plugged into movies yep, on, so on netflix. that makes sense
0: featuring featuring jane jane lynch parker posey fred willard it's, yeah it's Ed the Agley whole game jr oh, okay, well, okay i don't
1: have netflix so i'm gonna have to work around that somehow uh, steal a password
0: like everybody uh
1: else. wow i got some i got some homework to do it's
0: it's, it doesn't look like it follows my idea, though, which is probably why it got a bad score on Rotten Tomatoes and whatnot. Several sports mascots compete for the World Mascot Association Championships Golden Fluffy Award. No, it doesn't sound as good as trying to make it to the big leads through the mascot ranks. Man, that's Just where they went in. wrong. If you are a mascot, tweet me and tell me about the ins and outs and maybe some of the political intrigue or the kind of what you have to do i had I, okay i gotta tell this story i think enough years has passed where this story is okay to tell so i had a buddy who was blizzard right for you know for for a couple of years and he was on the ice and there were the kids that were doing like the tricycle race you know where you had, go through the tricycle, go down around the cone, and then come back. Well, one guy was way far ahead. And so Blizzard, hell, like, was holding on to the guy ahead, you know, to try to get the other guy to catch up a little bit. And then, you know, you let him go, you know, when he's, you know, within spitting distance of, of, of it or whatnot. <laughs> But anyway, he held on to the kid, and the kid falls over backwards onto the ice. It just biffs it. (laughs) I also knew the people in the control room. So apparently what happened, um, I think it was Meyerhofer, and maybe I shouldn't be throwing out names if I don't remember exactly who it was but was just laying into the mascot, like in the production room and just yelling, going off on him for, for just, I mean, pushing this kid down. we're talking, we're talking children here.
1: I thought it was like grown adults. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, like Uh, eight, nine, like something like that. Like, and anyway, so, so he, you know, the the boss just kind of goes. Do you think I was little? You know. Do you think he got the point? And you know, the buddies in the control room were just kind of joking. Was just like, maybe, maybe he didn't get the point. Just kind of as an offhand joke. He goes out of the control room and starts berating him again <laughs> out in the hallway. Uh, I, you know, I hope. I hope uh, I I saved enough words and whatnot that that's not going to bite. me. But you know, there's like fifty people fifty downloads to this podcast, so whatever. Anyway. So that's uh so that's that story. So Omaha. Oh, that's right. (laughs) This is a hockey podcast. This is a hockey podcast. You know, next time we can rank our Christopher guest films. And it looks like Mascots is the only one
1: that I missed. I mean they've really only done the five that we mentioned. So we could definitely do a Definitely do a ranking. I could probably do one right now. But I got to watch mascots first.
0: So You got to watch mascots, which apparently you're not missing. Yeah, Friday, uh, Miettinen with two goals. Um, and what was it? Brodzinski also with two. Um, 5-1 uh, dominating win, uh, I-, I thought, for the Huskies. Next night um, is a 3-2 overtime loss. You know, in the uh, Benny Hill-style shootout slash three-on-three hockey, uh, whatnot. So, first, um, you just want to start with Friday's game, uh, what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it. Um, You know, overall, you know, Huskies dominated, I thought, really in every aspect. And, you know, even to the point where Omaha, I had trouble really Springing passes together, I counted three or four different times where they even couldn't go D to D um, before the puck had to, you know, skirt out into into center ice. So I I went out of that game thinking Omaha is not they can't be that bad, and I thought they played a lot better on Saturday. Um, so um, you know, your thoughts on the weekend, Andrew? Where you where you at? How how did you think this weekend went?
1: Yeah, I thought that Omaha looked really rough on Friday. Um and for a lot of Saturday too. I, I was not impressed with with them. And you know, after we recorded the last week, we got the news that several injuries uh in 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 Omaha's for Omaha's team, most notably I think Chase Primo. Uh Chase their Primo. Their top yeah. line center uh and and missing him. Obviously a big factor the others taconic I'd heard of uh, the others three I, I was not familiar with and I'm not even sure how high impact those uh, those players are and and then Seville goes out uh at the time I just figured it was a we're down by a bunch let's get Roden in Roden who shut the huskies out last year in a game in the Omaha pod. Uh, and it was a well earned shutout, 40 save shutout. I think he's their better goalie. I, I don't expect Omaha to, to go, you know, to make Roden their number one starter unless the Seville injury is serious. It, it might be one of those Wally Picks. I will say because this. I think they, uh, we saw their best goalie on Saturday.
0: And, I will I will say this though is that I think that us as St. Cloud fans look at that thinking that Rodin is the clear number one. And I think we are completely in the minority. Um and I don't know what about, you know, St. Cloud just has Seville's number or whatnot. But I I mean you talk to other sports reporters, other fans or whatnot, I mean they they clearly have a different opinion of Seville. And maybe it's just something I need to be closer, watch more Omaha games or whatnot that St. Cloud doesn't play. But I completely agree with you that, you know, Roden has been just fantastic.
1: Yeah, and St. Cloud has a tendency to to make Omaha goalies look bad. Winninger was about a four-year starter for them, and Huskies really had his number. Um, and so maybe we mm-hmm. are underselling their ability to – to, to cut through the uh, you know their October schedule for instance um, but uh, so Friday that third period and this is so this is the fourth time really in this young season where the huskies at home just notably kind of take the third period kind of take the foot off the gas in the third period um, did that both, be rich, both games against Wisconsin. And then that St. Thomas game was out of hand, you know, basically by the second period. Um, And I'm wondering if that, I mean, they were playing Spalacy and those kind of guys on power play opportunities late in that third period. Did get a goal there um, against Roden in the third, but notably kind of took foot off the gas. And I'm wondering if that was, if I'm wondering if having to do that, what's your take on, do you think they did I'm making the assumption or I just the observation that I'm thinking that they kind of step step back uh, in the third period. And I'm wondering if that is can be tr- can be a tricky thing to do for a team. Uh, it's a good position to be in because you're up by four or five goals. You obviously don't want to lose anyone to injury in a, in a game with that sort of deficit. Uh, and it's kind of natural just to play it a little bit more conservatively. Yeah. But if you do it so often, it's like it almost gets you out of your rhythm, uh, and 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 so I'm wondering if what your take, what your thoughts are on that.
0: Well, I think it actually kind of keeps you in a rhythm because you're just rolling four lines. It's just next line up, and then it's it, it's you know you don't have a lot of the changes or you, you don't have a lot of commotion on the bench. It's just, let's just cycle through the lines, get time running, whatnot. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit of letting off the gas, but it's also, you know, fourth line did get a lot more minutes than normal. And you're going to, you know, if if you end up do having to, you know, a couple of goals pop in, you know, you're going to have your top lines a little more rested um, because we were running for. Four lines, So I think it's a very much a, and there's not a lot of risk to it. And like you said, with injuries too, you know, you can't be too cautious. Um, you know, the only thing I could think of would be, you know, that Seville could have gotten injured on the from what I saw would be actually the Micah Miller penalty uh, where he got checked into Seville and then he got a penalty called because obviously it was, Omaha's turn to get a penalty call because, good God, that second period of just just a parade to the penalty boxes and and what it it, it, was, t- it was it was it it was it was kind of tough to get into a, a little bit of a rhythm. Um, I guess mostly on Saturday's game. Friday was a, a, not as, as
1: yeah. And if we're uh, um, if we're looking for things to criticize, I think the power play is. Top of the sheet now. One for 15 on the weekend. Um, plenty of chances. I, I don't think that the power play was lacking in opportunities. But uh, unable to finish a lot of those chances, especially on Saturday. I, I thought that's a game that first half of the game, let's say, um, copy and paste from Friday night just, it, it did not, the ice was tilted uh, all weekend. And credit to Roden, I think he made some good saves, but there was also several several pipes that St. Cloud hit, several open net chances that they didn't convert on, several great A's where I felt that game should have been 3 4 nothing by the time Omaha scores his first goal. We'll get, let him hang around. Uh, and you kind of saw, once Omaha ties it up, uh, and then especially when they get their second goal in the third period, it's kind of like, yeah, it's this is... Uh, I've kind of seen this one play out before, where you got a team on the ropes, injured on the ropes, uh, and you're unable to, to put them away. And it was a credit to the team to come back to tie the game, to get the 45%, uh, that, and doing it shorthanded. Uh, and then some, I mean, he had many shorthanded goals this weekend as he had power play goals, uh, and nice play, uh, with, with Miller and Fitzgerald continuing their bromance for the, for this season. Uh, nice play there. Yeah. And then obviously though, with the overtime didn't go, uh, exactly to plan, um, Ward their, their big score finally shows up. He was very quiet. I thought in the weekend, um, yeah, it was just uh, yeah. a frustrating game. I've I've been around enough, long enough, especially in recent years. I'm not really into like we played really well. Uh, I liked how we played. We just didn't finish. Had a lot of those uh, in years in, in the last few years. And this is again. I and you did you, you see you left a point on the table last weekend against CC, and you left two points on the table this weekend against a depleted Omaha team, which I. I Yeah, I think Primo's a good player. I don't think they're a top half of the league team, uh, which might not even mean that they're not a potentially tournament team. I mean, this this conference has gotten in six teams before, so being a sixth-place team might not be a terrible thing. But, you know, I'm looking for more of a killer instinct, uh, which the Huskies have shown this year. I mean, they worked uh, Wisconsin. They've looked very impressive this year, but this was, you know, the conference uh, points and a budding rivalry kind of situation frustrated to lead points on the table in a series like that. Uh, and so, yeah, I, my, as, as you, uh, we were talking earlier, my gut reaction as a, you know, 30 seconds after the game was embarrassing loss. First of all, I think the embarrassing is a little strong and plus it wasn't that technically a loss. I mean, it was, it was a 55 percenter for Omaha. So I think both of those points, uh, weren't exactly I, I I'm willing to I, I don't think it's a good loss embarrassing is a little too strong though so Um. yeah I just uh, Yeah. Then, and now you're as I said you know two weekends in You're full three points behind uh, North Dakota who took care of business against Miami uh, I know it's very early and this is not going to ruin your season this loss or or even you know dropping a point giving a point to CC last week and these these aren't season-defining results it's just, uh, yeah, I, I I guess I have higher standards where I expect the Huskies to take care of business against lesser opponents. So um, hopefully, uh, and, and may, maybe we can use this quasi-loss as some sort of um, motivation going into Western, which is going to be a, a challenge for them, even though I think Western, a little bit of their shine, was worn off, uh, got got handled pretty, pretty easily by Denver. Not easily, but Denver beat them. Handily, let's say in in the two games in uh, over the weekend, uh, but still a team and a, and, a, and a style of play that the Huskies have tended to have some problems with in the past. Um, and so, I would rather, yeah, I, I would have wanted to see uh, the Huskies take care of their you know take care of business on Saturday, bury the chances, the plenty of chances that they had, uh, and and so in that in that sense, it's a little disappointing.
0: It's, yeah, I mean, you could say it's disappointing. Obviously, embarrassing is harsh. Like, when I think of embarrassing, you know, I wouldn't even say this ranks as, you know, that harsh of a loss. We've had worse loss to Omaha. Like, I I remember, what was it, five, six years ago when Austin Ortega played and he was poisoned by a (laughs) cookie. And uh, the, the the next game where, you know, Huskies, Beat them handily, and then they were Omaha was short-handed, and we lost like seven to two that game. So I remember the cookie thing. Yeah, I don't remember
1: losing we went, to Omaha like that. Yeah, we're going to have to fact. Oh, we're going to
0: have yeah. to fact check well, what year was that? 2015? We would have been in that Ortega era. Yeah, we won four to one, and December fifth, uh, we, we lost seven. See, this two. was 16-17. 16-17?
1: 15-16. Uh, really? St. So Cloud's 30, one of their 30-win seasons. Again, I remember yeah. the cookie thing. I don't remember getting beat by Omaha that badly.
0: but uh... yeah. I want to kind of go back to your point about the the power play, because we praised it quite a bit the other day. I talked a little bit, probably too long-winded, about what makes our power play successful. I saw one of the first times they tried the slingshot, and they almost got burned on it. And I think from there, they didn't try it again the rest of the weekend because Omaha played such an aggressive forecheck. Uh, there was, I mean, there were times that they had two guys in the offensive zone, and I think that kind of gave us fits, uh, fits a couple of times. But I was still happy with the way we were able to enter the zone and set up, but we didn't really go to a like a 1-3-1 bumper situation very much. It was more of an umbrella with uh, two guys kind of in front of the net. And maybe it's because we saw success with that with Molinar's goal, and we thought we wanted to replicate that or whatnot. But I, I felt like we had, a, like you said, we had a lot of chances. Some of it clicked off the post. A lot of those shots we tried on the wing just sailed wide, ringed around the boards. Which I call right I call that the Robbie Jackson special. Um,
1: they they were handling <laughs> that all weekend, and it's it's such a. Such a kick all in the, weekend in the groin, because it's you, you have the offensive opportunity and it basically becomes a self icing you, you, you ice the puck yourself yeah and yeah very very frustrating to see that and it seemed to be and I think too the well that first was it the no the second didn't goal on Friday they had two two goals where they basically beat them high side and I think and same with uh, yep. on Saturday first goal there was kind of laser beam top shelf top. uh I think glove side corner. And it seemed like they were kind of hell bent on sticking with high shots, which can be tricky. As we're saying, I thought that they kind of kept things on the perimeter too much. I think part of that, part of that is, as you said, I think Omaha's kill is pretty decent and, and they were blocking lanes and getting, getting traffic. And yeah, I'm not going to completely crap on Omaha. I mean, they're for a bottom half of the league team. I mean, it's, it's, it's it's a, you know, it's that yeah, it says good things about the conference.
0: I think they are going to snake bite a few teams throughout. We will not be the only ones that they're oh, going to shoot sure. points from. They are going to take points, I uh, think, from North Dakota. I don't
1: know. Their <laughs> struggles against Denver have long uh, documented. But, <laughs> I, I mean, come on. It's, they're not as good as St. Cloud. They're not as good as D- Dakota. They're not as good as Denver. They're not as good as Duluth.
0: There was four theres four teams they're not as good but beating somebody sure. four times is tough uh, so I I do think they are going uh, they are going to put sure. up a fight against a lot of teams and I do think they are going yeah to- I, this isn't a yeah it's not a CC Stop. or Miami team
1: those teams those teams I think are Correct. We're confident that they're they ain't gonna compete for an NCAA berth this year This could be a year where six teams get in I mean I like said hockey East looks like they are Pretty bad this year. They're not going to get a ton of teams in. Uh, but Big Ten's maybe going to uh-huh. get three teams in. is not going to get a ton of teams in. This is possibly a year where a sixth-place NCHC team gets in as an at-large team. And that team could be Omaha. Yeah. So I'm not saying that that they're completely without merit. It's just the fact that they didn't play well and the fact that they were shorthanded. I, I, wanted, I wanted the Huskies to pounce more on that. You know, and ha- not having Primo, not having yeah. Primu for, for Omaha is a tough loss for them. But at the same time, we're still without Huskies are still without Hanchus, uh, and I don't Hentges. know if you've had any update. Yeah. I think the last time you said it was week to week, um, and yeah, the more these weeks tick by, the less confident man I am is he's going to be a regular contributor to this team. Getting concerned there and. And but so between those two, I mean, if it's between Premu and, and Hensches, I might take Henches between that. So it's not like the Huskies that were at full full uh, health either and had Pert back on Saturday, missing the Friday game, which I think was his, what, his fifth straight game that he had missed due to injury. I think he had missed two weekends before that. Um, several weeks, at least, that he was out. Uh, and he steps right back in. I didn't even know that I was running errands. And I even missed like that. I don't know if they had any of the pregame uh 2001 team i don't know i i was running around town uh, so i basically just tuned in right at right at game time so i didn't even know that he was playing and then there was like oh pert shoot scores i'm like oh great one nothing and jack pert is healthy so it was a nice little nice little surprise yep. for me there nice to see him back and uh but yeah getting back to like you know missing Hentges and yeah, it's. Um, it's tough. Although at the same time, I mean, would the bromance between, uh, Fitzgerald and Miller be there if, uh, if Hentges was, uh, was centering a top line there? I mean, it's possible that they could, they could, you know, they could have had those two play on a different line, but typically Hentges is going to be the top line center. So maybe it's, uh, it's given the opportunity for, uh, some pairings to, to generate some, some good chemistry and, I think that pairing right now is kind of carrying the team in a lot of ways. So, yeah, four out of six points. I know I'm being probably too harsh on the Huskies, but uh, but yeah, I'm just uh, yeah. If you to look at the, I mean, just shots on goal or the advanced metrics, shot attempts, uh, the uh, especially that well, both games, but I mean, look at this uh, Saturday game. Even strength shot attempts for the Huskies versus Omaha, 67 to 18. That is uh, not close. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I just, I want to win a game where you have that, such a lopsided uh, puck possession uh, edge.
0: Yep, and I get that. And at the same token, hockey. Every once in a while, it's you'll lose the best lose part it. of
1: hockey and the worst part of hockey.
0: Um, <laughs> and the worst part. So... Quickly, just going back to that power play, it's so many of those shots, like you said, on the wing, go wide, it's a self-icing. It's fine if it's, you know, further up towards center ice. And and I mean that like around a three-point arc, like if you go up towards center ice and around the same distance. You know, kind of where Brodzinski, you know, one of Brodzinski's goals in the second period, where he took the feed from that was from Fitzgerald, I believe. No, Walker. Uh, and he, you know, just, he just blasted that. You know, those are the shots that I want to see taken from there because it's not as steep of an angle where if it does go wide, you know, you still have somebody on the off wing that could, or a defense can kind of pinch in and still, still get that rebound. But, you know, when you're firing up from that steep of an angle, you know, where it, you just have no shot and it, it's, it, and that, and that was just kind of bummer that we kept trying to go to that. And maybe because we kept thinking it was there, but it could be there all night long. If you're not hitting the net, it doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, I have no qualms at all with how the Huskies played this weekend. You know, sitting where we are, too, at 9-3 and three and two of the three losses here were in a 3-on-3 three three overtime, I'm... I'm I'm over the moon ecstatic with It's a little surprising that
1: I mean your last week, your Mietin and your whole deal was he's get, he's got chances. He's leading the team in shot attempts, but he's not cat he's not capitalizing on the chances, not finishing. Same thing with the beginning of the year where you're kind of like, Wish the Huskies would have been a little bit more active in the transfer portal because we could have used a finisher. These are kind of the issues on Saturday that that cost you a couple of points. Uh so it's a little I, I, I like the Zen attitude. So I'm not saying that's bad, but it's just a little surprising. Well, my,
0: my issue with in last week and and whatnot is, yeah, he got those chances, but I didn't think he was snake bitten at all. It's not like he got grade-A chances because he kept... The, I didn't think those shot attempts were from a high-quality scoring chance place. They were kind of just peppered from far enough away or whistled it wide or whatnot. So it was... Um, you know, to see him kind of put away two here, on, uh, especially on Friday here, and I thought he played a solid game again on Saturday, you know, kind of where I would see you know, hopefully a, a, a turning point has been made. And if we can get him and Cornilla kind of on the same page, you know, kind of going on the same weekend, um, I think we're going to be, I mean, ev- everyone's going to be firing back on full cylinders, and I think we're going to be incredibly dangerous. Just, I don't think everyone is kind of synced up, as well when it comes to getting things going. And I think that, again, that's a huge kudos to our defense. Keeping us not only in these games, but just overall dominating. Again, I think this was a fantastic weekend for our defense. Yep. And, you know, just a couple of breakdowns. Sure, they did. Omaha was able to capitalize. But it's lucky playing both games. It was surprising. Jay Cox sitting both games, I thought, was a little surprising. And... You know, I think over the last two weekends, he's played one only, only one of the games. And, so I don't and Lutke to... with
1: three assists yeah. on the weekend. Yeah. And another good weekend. I thought Trayball. You never really thought. I mean, he's kind of a guy that kind of gets lost in the shuffle. He's been improving more and more, uh, seemingly week by week this year. And he, got, he had a couple of points on the weekend.
0: Trayball's assist on Friday when he dished it to Easton yeah. was yeah. beautiful. Yeah.
1: And we don't think of him as a real and offensively minded guy. Uh, So I think his development um, is a real, real great um, thing to watch. And yeah, I mean, (laughs) Jaycox and we, we mentioned before the show, I mean, it's the guy that wears a letter. Who, who who are you going to sit in favor of, of uh, Jaycox at this point? Yeah. Uh, It's a tough question. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good problem to have. have, Yeah. Yeah. He's going to have to work his tail off to get back into this lineup because I'm not going to sit Lukey at this point. Uh, And so, yeah, it's again, a good problem to have. And, and I do agree that the, the defense has been perhaps the most consistent uh, element to this team. So far this year, we've kind of went through patches of where's the offense, or at least where's the finishing aspect of the offense. Then we have weekends like Wisconsin where everything looks great and Friday night where everything looks great. Uh, but that back end, and then Haranak too, another good weekend. Yep. I didn't really think any of those goals. Uh, you know, I'm sure he wants them back, but it's not like I those are bad goals mm. in any stretch. And so, yes, yeah, is and that's defense and and goaltending. I think that's that's Larson's ammo, and uh, that's probably Chyak as well for success and Chyak so. as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I the, the, yeah, as we're talking about it, there's there's more positives and i'm just kind of colored by the the sour ending on saturday sure. but um
0: again those overtime rules and just uh makes you you know just kind of look through a lens of disappointment when you you lose a, a fake game or a, a tie asterisk or i don't know we got to come up with something and, and just
1: i mean that was omaha's only shot in the period uh, they didn't have really any. They were just kind of sitting back waiting for a tie, it seemed like. And then the puck just kind of dribbles to to Ward and he goes in and, and pops in a, a breakaway uh, to, to end it. Um, yeah, it was uh, frustrating. And I'm frustrated, too. I, I know that I think we're going to talk about it. We could talk about it now. But even though I do hate the overtime format with the heat of a thousand suns, I am a little disappointed that the Huskies aren't better at uh, the three-on-three, uh, especially versus a team like Omaha. Using the fat ice tier advantage, using a speed advantage, all that. Seems like three-on-three would be something that they would uh, exp- you know, look better against teams like Omaha uh, than five-on-five. Maybe it's a unfamiliarity with playing three-on-three all that much. Uh, I'm not sure. What exactly the the is, And I'm not even saying you should practice it all that much because it's really not going to come. It's not going to come into play. I, I mean, yeah, they've had three overtime games and out of twelve, so I guess maybe it's quarter your games. But I would, yeah, I, because the effect of three on three overtime is is really not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, is it something that you should be concerned about? I I'm. Gonna say no. I'm just more surprised that they're not better at it. Let's put it that
0: way. Well, I mean, you know, when you say better at it, it's you know we've won one game against CC, and then the two that we lost were obviously the bad call in Minnesota with the the hold that didn't <laughs> go our way, and then and then and then this one here. So, you know. Dunkel asked this question. um Yeah, so we can just kind of address it here. First off, he triggered me when he, you know, wanted forty minutes to talk about the pairwise and analyze it. Right now, I kind of went off a little bit on Twitter about how ridiculous it is to look at anything with the pairwise. Uh, Nate Wells, um, uh, Gopher State. He, uh, he he pointed out that two weeks ago, uh, Yale was winless and was i think 11th in the (laughs) pairwise if you want thing like if you
1: have either winless teams or undefeated teams it screws the math up yeah for some reason i can't explain it but everyone's got to have a a loss or a win to really kind of compute the pairwise effectively
0: you know he talked about you know three on three and, and and what we can do there and honestly it's just you know, so much of three on three is different because it's all about puck possession and getting your chances. And you know that's why you're a lot more prone to taking the puck back out of the zone and try to re-enter again because you know you want to have a clear shot at it. I thought Omaha was very disciplined in the three on three, where they I, I thought they were a little bit better, um, kind of neutralizing some of this of the Husky speed. And yeah, it's, you know, you can use the fat ice to your advantage, but at the same time, you know, the ice is fatter where you're not in prime scoring chances. So it's, you know, you can skate around, but, you know, where it really matters, it's the same as any other rink. That's why I actually think over Olympic ice in general, I think is kind of a, kind of a crutch that people use a little bit more. I could probably get onto that some other pot, but. Just overall, I mean, it, it, it's really a crapshoot, and you know, with our strength of our defense and really just neutering that, and you know, having only one defenseman and you know two forwards out there, it it, it takes away again a lot of the hockey, and it just turns it into a fast break competition. And at, I think at that point, it's it's a coin flip when when it comes to it. I don't I don't know what what we would change, um, and. You know the best thing I could think of is try to utilize how Cronilla scored against Colorado College when Cronilla kind of baited the CC player and end up skated around him. You know it's yeah that that that's kind of the best way and just just get lucky and hope the other team screws up because I think that's what matters. Yeah, that's more.
1: the key. Do it like we did when we scored in overtime.
0: That's why you come to this podcast is for right. you know you remember when we scored do that again. Jim Gaffigan has a really good uh, bit about uh, being a bowling coach and uh, you know saying this time I want you to knock all the pins down. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easiest step.
1: Okay, now what you want to do now? Knock the pins down. Uh, knock.
0: The 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 pins that you have up that you didn't knock pins? down the first time? Yeah, knock them down <laughs> this time. <laughs>
1: So. And as a, I mean, as a bowler, I know that you really appreciate that kind of humor.
0: I, 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 did, especially when he also, you know, talked about, hold on, it's my turn to bowl. Let me put down my plate of nachos so I can compete in this <laughs> sport. <laughs> so. Um, so, your your pal, your player of the weekend. Um, it's a very tough. Hall uh this weekend, so I think we're gonna yeah. have a little bit of differences. Uh so I've got my Go huskies Woo uh player of the weekend and pow. Pow. Again, I gotta get a soundboard for that. And maybe some laser noises or some pow 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 pow. So uh he said that the person that stood out the most uh Jeff Finger. And he actually <laughs> Was he in in the building? He was in the building, and um,
1: he... I don't think I could... I don't think I would recognize him.
0: Oh, spitting image right now of, like, John Lorquette. Like, that's what he looks (laughs) like. Like, if you picture John Lorquette with longer hair, I mean, he was wearing flannel, he had a dip-in, like, all game on on Saturday. That, like, that's exactly what he looked like. So if you got a chance... uh, uh, I know. Go Huskies! We retweeted. I retweeted him, but as uh, one of the fans, I, I can't remember who it was, and I'm sorry. I think it was Fight the Pants, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, but wore a Jeff Finger Toronto Maple Leaves jersey and got a picture. Oh boy, with him. That
1: is super. I hope he got a picture <laughs> him if he's got a Jeff Finger Maple Leaves
0: jersey. I think it was a uh, game worn one. I think it was probably Tanner. He played for.
1: I know he played for Colorado, right? Yep. I don't remember him playing for Toronto. Oh,
0: ter- Toronto was the one that got him that contract. That ridiculous, like he played like I wasn't uh, five I, I, games. I wasn't
1: well up on my finger
0: movements yeah. um, in, uh,
1: in his NH- his NHL career. I guess uh, is he aware of the fact that there is like a bit about him? I can't
0: imagine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's no way. He probably would really like it. I mean, can't imagine he's doing a. Hell of a lot else these days.
0: But yeah, so that's good. So he played he played uh twenty two games for the Avalanche. That's it. Yep. Um and, and then, you know, played seventy two games. You know, he was serviceable uh, as a defenseman. And then in yeah, in oh eight the Maple Leafs signed like a four year, three three and a half million dollar per year contract. Like just an astronomical. Like, what are you doing, Maple Leafs? Oh, so so two so two years with the Avs. Uh well, I think it was like the end of the. Oh, yep, yep. Yeah. Twenty-two games one year, seventy-two games yep, the next. Exactly.
1: And then sixty-six. He so he must have finished out that contract in the with the Toronto Marlies with the Marlies. Yeah. Not so not not exactly the Maple Leafs. Yep. Yeah, it must have been that 08 team, because that I think they played the wild that year in the playoffs. And that's probably where I remember him from as being a part of the avalanche. But it's good to, yeah, I so. I again I missed that. I don't know if I what all, what all I missed as far as the 01 reunion. Yeah. They, had Hart, they had Hartigan they had Hardigan in the booth.
0: Hardigan in the booth in the who told period. a great story about why he picked St. Cloud State. Well he kinda he
1: kinda trailed off like and he was getting, he like, he got into the it game. Sounded, it sounded good. Like, cause he, oh yeah, he was definitely into the game. I, I liked hearing that, but cause he's like, they're like, why'd you pick St. Cloud? He's like, honestly, need to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, this is going to be good. And then it was like some, you know, penalty was called and he never really circled the square there. Uh, but from what
0: I gathered, it was, he was at the, the hotel right across from the carpet, and it was Halloween weekend. And I, th- he oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, okay, he did say so. Yeah, yeah. So I bet he just loved. I mean, because at that time, I mean, Saint Cloud Party School Party Town. Oh, you right, know, it was right. it was raging Halloween weekend. It was it's massive, or it was you know it probably when did
1: he when did he come in like ninety eight ninety nine about that time now. in that in that era. Okay, so oh yeah, definitely in the yeah. In the heart of the party school run.
0: So it's Yeah, he got uh, he got really into the game and yeah, him and Pat in, in in the booth too. I mean you know, watching the game they probably couldn't string, you know, very many sentences together or whatnot. <laughs> you know, Pat kinda of trails off, goes off into his old world But so that's who he picked, and I'm, you know, or that's who Go Huskies who picked. I think it's a little bit of a cop-out, but it's, it's worth it it's for staying, the John. It's staying on brand. It's, it's, it, it's staying on brand. It's, it's very on. That's true. I'll, um after the pod, I'll I'll send you, I'll send you the picture of it. Yeah. But, yeah, like, John, it was straight up John Larkin. If I were to pick, uh, Miettinen would probably be my pick because of just his bounce back and i think also he did play i thought very solid on saturday even though he didn't register a point again i think we tried the, just the same play too many times and it just didn't connect so other than that yeah mietnen's my my player and you know if we have that power to shout out and call out somebody your pal I thought about
1: mietnen which i think is a good pick led the team or tied 12 shot attempts on saturday and 10 shot attempts on Friday. So his presence was, was known, even though, as he said, didn't click on the opportunities on Saturday. So I was thinking about him. Uh, I'm just going to cop out and say Fitzgerald uh, for, a, you know, his presence being felt every single game and every single shift, really, that he's on the ice at this point. But know um, yeah, him and him and Miller connecting to save, the real disaster on Saturday getting that game into overtime and uh, yeah Fridays did the same same kind of stuff there too Uh, getting in a you know getting that assist was the uh, one of those goals so I know that yeah, taking the who's been the most consistently the best player the best forward for the Huskies all year maybe that's a cop-out, but maybe that's just, it's just deserved.
0: And and that's the thing is like, when I think about cop-outs or when I think about, it's like, oh, what's your favorite Led Zeppelin song? Is it Stairway to Heaven? And it's like, yeah, maybe it is. You want to know why? Because it's a great song. (laughs) You know, It's, it's like, maybe it's cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. It's because, you know, it's really good. Or in Fitzgerald's case, he's been really solid the whole time.
1: There is a bit of Lorette there <laughs> that you, that you just sent me, isn't it? it? Sounds like there's like it's like Lorette and then <laughs> somebody else, some other like sitcom star from the '80s. Yeah. Maybe, give me a second and maybe I'll maybe uh, who Lithgow? Maybe <laughs> not Lithgow, but no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> uh, now I know what to look out for if I ever run into the guy yep exactly
0: so um quickly uh let, let's switch to the uh, NCHC just uh, a little bit of a recap on Friday on the rest of the league Colorado College actually Friday Saturday didn't score a goal five nothing not even not even in the shootout not even yeah five nothing against Minnesota Duluth on Friday and then a scoreless tie on Saturday so obviously, uh, Fanti got uh, goaltender of the week for the NCHC for you know, not allowing a goal.
1: Somewhere, somewhere I read that that was the first ever zero-zero tie in CC's history, which uh, I go back to the fifties. Yeah, so that's, that's impressive.
0: Denver uh, took uh, took care of Western Michigan five-three on Friday and then five-two on Saturday. Uh, so uh, they were able to kind of rebound from North Dakota, and then North Dakota took care of Miami, four-one, and then on uh, Saturday, five-four uh, in a little bit of a little bit of a nail biter there.
1: Um, it didn't play great on Saturdays, especially from like the defensive standpoint, but we're able to you know, we're able to take care of business.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, Miami got you know just a couple of chances, able to bury it. But Sanderson was the defenseman of the weekend. he he was just absolute beast. I think Sander, Jake Sanderson, is probably in the early early leader for Player of the Year.
1: Yeah, I should say. I mean, their their defense was very active offensively on Saturday. Yeah. they just you know, I think they gave up four goals on something like fifteen shots. Another. I- Oh, or Miami did that against Omaha last week. I guess their shoot, shooting percentage is uh, pretty high for for a bad team that Miami is. Uh, this will be an interesting stretch for uh, North Dakota. Tough stretch for them. They got Duluth, uh, Gophers, St. Cloud in the next three weeks. We're gonna we're gonna find out what exactly we got on our hands with uh, with this year's UND because as we said, you know. Didn't look great in that Penn State game, but since then, they haven't lost. And now coming into a bit of a gauntlet here before uh, the uh, Christmas break, we'll be able to find out what what they
0: got. Both those Minnesota Duluth or Minnesota, those are both at home.
1: Right? Next, yep, next two weekends at North Dakota, and then they got, obviously got the Huskies uh, at St. Cloud. So, so they do the home ice advantage for the next couple of weeks, but still two, you no know, three. You know, quality opponents right in a row, and and rivalry implications in in most of those. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see uh, how how well the team they have this year. And yeah, and so far so good, four zero in in league play.
0: So this weekend, uh, Denver uh, hosts Miami, and then like you said, Minnesota Duluth uh, at North Dakota here, and then we are traveling out to Calabazoo. So we can do a little bit of a preview here on the washing or western michigan broncos who have recently gone through a logo change uh and you know they go from you know a bronco you know looking aggressive charging you know whatnot kind of like okay yeah that's that's a pretty nice logo to just a just a w just a down I
1: think their jerseys are the same though. I don't think there was a uh, a jersey change. At least the road ones that I've seen a couple of times this year are the same black and gold. Yeah. Not a good not a good color scheme. Uh it's yeah, they're uh aesthetically challenged, let's put it that way.
0: Aesthetically I like it. Uh so just uh You know, Western Michigan has kind of surprised early on throughout the year uh, where, you know, they were able to, you know, really take on Michigan, beat them handily at Michigan 5-2 before losing in overtime on, you know, what probably should have been a goal called late uh, that was waved off because, you know, refs love to do that. Um, And then split with uh, Minnesota Duluth. So it's, I'm really interested in in this weekend, especially with how both teams are coming off of last week. You know, you've got uh, Western being swept by Denver. You've got us maybe having a bad taste in our mouth after another loss in in, in the three-on-three overtime. But, you know, Western Michigan's going to be a team here fighting for, you know, that final, you know, Preseason wise, at least fighting for that home ice spot, and you know early indications maybe that they were going to you know fight for a little bit higher than that, and uh, last weekend really kind of uh, kind of stopped that dead in their tracks. So uh, we'll see. Very experienced team; they got a lot of seniors, um, and um, obviously a, a, a very solid defensive team, very stout and very uh you know uh physicals so they like to kind of muck it up and, and and bang around the opponents and whatnot so really interested to see how how that's going to play especially because we haven't really had that series or that type of an opponent really um I, I i don't think this year so what do you expect out of uh the western and uh husky series and uh just kind of what are, what are what are you what are your thoughts about that series as uh uh, we head out to Kalamazoo. Yeah,
1: heaviest team in college hockey.
0: Just I'm a bunch of out. fatties.
1: Just a bunch of fatties. Average weight of 196. Just in comparison to the Huskies, average weight is 183.
0: Is that, from, so, is that from CHN?
1: Yep. yep. So, I guess take that with a grain of salt, but they're usually pretty decent about that kind of stuff. So... uh yeah, and, and physical teams. I think the, maybe the closest comp would be Mankato, at least for the teams that the Huskies have played so far this year. I think Mankato's got a little bit more skill on the forward side altogether, but they play a yep. heavy game. And and yeah, Western's a team that it seems to be feast or famine for the Huskies against them uh, in, in years past. I mean, I've been to games in Kalamazoo where it was 11 to one Huskies. But last year uh, Western, not particularly good. uh, And they had, they had injuries in the pod goalie went down and for, for a bit there, they were really out of sorts, but last year swept uh, Western swept the Huskies in Kalamazoo. And then they won an overtime game at, at the, at the herb as well. Plus, they beat them. They split their games in the in the pod. So, add that all up. That was uh, about a 500 record over six games for the Huskies. And again, against a Western team that was 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 not a uh, contender at the end of the year. And so, they've had some struggles with this team. Um, and I mean, I, I mean, yeah, and like I said, I watched a fair amount of those those Denver games. I was keeping a second eye on it during the end of the Husky games on both of those nights and then watch basically the third period. And Denver looked definitely the better team. And they they seem to be, Denver seems to be kind of a what team are you getting week in, week out. Uh, and they have not shown a consistency. So perhaps they just kind of found it in Western maybe didn't have it last weekend. Maybe they can come up with like the altitude excuse or something like that. Uh, but uh, both games uh, decided advantage for Denver, not just in the scores you know, on the on the scoreboard, but just in chances and shots and and all that. So, and like I said, that kind of takes a bit of the shine off of of Western, who was running pretty hot there for you know, the sexiest team in 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 October. Uh, at least, just from a perspective, we didn't really see this coming necessarily from them. I've really enjoyed or I've been impressed, let's say f- by Ethan Frank scored the winner in that, uh, D- Duluth win for them. Win over Duluth. He's had some, uh, a number of key goals for them. 14 points in 10 games, drew or 16 points in 10 games. They're your top two, uh, forwards for Western. Uh, and then I've, I've always been impressed by Attard on the back end. He's put up 10 points yeah. from the blue line and, plays a very solid game, I think. Uh, so, he's, uh, he kind of anchors that, the, uh, the blue line for the Broncos. You got, Je- uh, Jeff Passolt was, it is his uh, nephew, I think. Uh, Josh Passolt, who's got to be like, 26 now. Yeah, he's a 96 birth.
0: He's a super, so, super, yeah, super, he's, super So he's 25.
1: Yeah, he's, he's the 28-year-old, uh, Kevin Fitzgerald uh, equivalent. Not as skilled, of course, but, so they got, uh, they got some golden oldies on the team as well. Uh, first time the Huskies will be seeing a Bronco team in the Pat Firstweiler era. Couple of syllables to trip over there. Uh, yeah, and like I said, first month seemed to be pretty good for him and seems to be continuing the tradition of, of Andy Murray teams of being, playing very physical. Obviously, this team that he inherited was all Murray guys, uh, so he's he's making do with what he what he works with. I I've been impressed with Brandon Bussy uh, when the Huskies have seen him in the past. Not putting up terribly good numbers this year. Goals against is above three. Save percentage is below nine hundred. So and he had a rough weekend uh, in Denver. He played every game for him. Uh, it's all ten games uh, entirely goaltended by uh, Bussy so far. So. He's not lighting the world on fire. Possibility there to sneak a couple by him. At this point, I think this is one, yeah, even though I think that they're a fourth to sixth place kind of team, I don't think they're really going to compete for Penrose. But going to a hostile environment, uh, I'd be happy with a split this weekend. Maybe that's setting the bar too low, especially after I'm talking about setting the bar higher uh, against Omaha. But road a tough road series against a capable team you know i'm i wouldn't be uh disappointed with a with a tie or with a with a split put it this way if they lose one i'm not going to
0: come out here and say it was an embarrassment <laughs> fair enough i am really happy that we're seeing these two teams back to back with omaha and western i think we're going to get a good feel um on where that kind of mid-tier of the nchc where that's going to fall and who is going to have kind of the the, the notch i still don't think we got omaha's best and even even obviously in the game that that, that the uh, huskies lost but it's it, it's going to be kind of fun to watch and it's going to be really fun to watch those two teams when they do finally play um each other in, you know kind of that mid-december right before the holiday break for western and omaha but you know focusing on our series you know this is the time where it we have a chance to really kind of put western in a tough spot for the rest of the season and you know they they Won the first game against Minnesota Duluth. Then they lost. They lost two to Denver. And, I mean, if we can get another two, you know, talking about a tough stretch, too. I mean, that's this is an incredibly tough stretch for Wisconsin, or for Western Michigan. And if we It'd can... A tough stretch for Wisconsin, too. Well, every game is a tough stretch for Wisconsin. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I mean. I didn't even need to look at the schedule. So, who do they play? Doesn't matter. Um, and it's, you know, if we can get... We get the sweep there on the road. It I, it just devastating for them and really tough for them to climb out of. And it's yeah. it, What do they got? What do they got coming up here? Let's see. Uh, Saint Cloud. Um, then they've got non-conference against Saint Lawrence. Um, but then they have Miami and Omaha. So that's where they can. Yeah, it, geez, very very road heavy.
1: Yeah. Just in it, it, through. This got yeah St. Cloud home series here. They got one home series in December against Omaha, then one home series in January against North Dakota. Lots of lots of home or lots of miles uh, that they're going
0: to be logging. Mm-hmm. You know, if we could really put them kind of behind the eight ball, where they have to win both both series against Omaha and uh, Miami to really get it, get it, get a shot. I think I, I think that's going to be a
1: very just got just got one series against omaha this year uh they do not go to omaha omaha only comes to
0: kalamazoo yeah even which
1: which would make that series even, even that bigger. much more important yeah
0: exactly so that's you know if, if, if we're able to really bury them and maybe even squash a little bit about them or any kind of talk about how they can sneak in for the penrose um i happen. been of seeing some of that and maybe it's because congratulations they beat Michigan <laughs> I don't know if they're putting Michigan that, too that high that win
1: is gonna that win is gonna do them favors uh, for the rest of the year and they play him again uh at the end of the year at the GLI check out this little stretch six week stretch starting in mid-January home against North Dakota at North or at Minnesota Duluth at St. Cloud by week, home versus Denver at North Dakota.
0: <laughs> okay, that's a gauntlet.
1: <laughs> that'll be a tough stretch. That'll be that'll be
0: tough. So So
1: yeah, as you said, they yeah. need to get some points before they hit the gauntlet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so
0: I mean that and, and this is our chance to do that, and obviously it means a lot to us, um, uh, you know, kind of in the long run if we do want to be in that, that conversation for the Pendrils. So um, I, I'm excited to see us play up against a physical team, and um, you know, kind of our, you know, a, a, a nice road trip and whatnot. I think this is this the furthest. I don't remember if we play at Miami. Do not. Yeah, is this the furthest that we go? Is Kalamazoo further than Denver?
1: Uh, I
0: would. I d- Denver's. Denver's further. Yeah. Probably easier to get to Denver Cal- though then. probably they
1: have flown to Kalamazoo at least the last couple of trips. I don't know if it's all, if it's been every trip I've driven to Kalamazoo. It's about eight hour, eight hour drive, which I know that from the twins, you know, from St. Cloud, I think a drive to Denver is like 14, 15 hours. So I'm going to say Denver is going to be a longer trip, but still, I don't. No. Yeah, I guess I, I, mean, I didn't know if you're flying. If you
0: have to like fly then into Detroit and then fly into Columbus, you'd
1: fly into Grand Rapids. Oh, okay. Um, Gerald Ford Airport.
0: Oh, um, there we go. What is he? President Forty? No, something, something like that. Not sure of the number, but something. Going to drive to Kalamazoo. Do you go through upper peninsula or you go like down Chicago and around?
1: I went through Chicago. We actually went, uh, we stopped in Chicago, stayed a night there and watched a Blackhawks game. The first night or the first, the first year I went there two years. So the first year we drove the second year, we actually flew, which was, and we had, yeah, we, there's no direct flight, at least from Minneapolis to Grand Rapids. So we had to stop off in Chicago. And that set, coming back on the plane uh, from Grand Rapids, there was a big snowstorm. It was a uh, it was a an S show, as sure. they say, coming back. But uh, but yeah, I I would assume the Chicago route is the quickest way to get there. It's not a bad drive either, and if you like Chicago, it's always a fun town to go through. And I, yeah, I, I've always liked Michigan. Going through the UP would be would be
0: beautiful. That would be uh, gorgeous,
1: yeah. I, I don't know how
0: gorgeous areas. it would be in I mean January, right. February.
1: Yeah, I bet right I bet right right about now
0: would be a good time yeah. to do that. January, or February I'd just be worried about road conditions, but Oh yeah. No, they'd be treacherous. Yeah. Um but then again, I know we have a lot of um, you know, friends that travel out to Houghton, Michigan tech fans and whatnot. So they like to drive there, so maybe they're maybe it's not that bad. Um, fun, uh, quick tip: If you are ever driving through Illinois, uh, you know they've got toll booths on the freeways. Just go through the fast pass. They take your license plate picture, and there's a website. You just pay through the website. You don't have to worry about don't have to worry about going through the tolls and doing through the change or whatnot. It's just so much easier, and they actually update that website really quickly. And as long as you pay it within, like, 30 days, you're fine. Not, you know. I've had, I've had uh, to do that a couple not, of times. Not, not 100% advice. Like, double check that. Definitely fact check what I'm saying there. But I, I don't want to be responsible for you getting any type of ticket. But I've, that's what we did. And it worked out perfectly. So.
1: Maybe I didn't go through the fast lane line. Because I did that once. And the guy was, I'm like, I don't I, I don't have any change, dude. And he's like, Ugh. He just grumbles and all right, here's he like took my license and then all right, here go to this website. So it still was kind of seemed inconvenient from his perspective, but maybe I wasn't going through the right lane. Yeah, you have to go
0: on the far left lane because it's like you know, got the, it the trucker lane. And whatnot, so, got it. So, if you're going to Cal, if you're going to Calabazoo this weekend and you're listening to the pod and you hit Illinois, take that advice, but double check the website first <laughs> just just to be sure. So, uh, before we put a bow on Western, any any other final thoughts? No, I
1: I'm excited uh, to see some good hockey this weekend, and I don't I don't have a very good read on on this series. Uh, yeah, and maybe that's a good thing. You can just sit back and watch some good hockey.
0: Yep, I think it's, I think it's going to be a great uh, first period on Friday um, if the refs don't get involved too.
1: Well I'll check in with you then after the first period. See how that see how that went. Well I'll
0: let you know, uh, for, you know. first period still huskies not allowed a goal in the first period. So that's right. So we keep that streak intact. We just jinxed that. Oh of course we did, but you know, it's gotta end sometime. So um so uh questions. Twitter questions. And uh, so uh, this one here uh, from from Will, and it's your Mount Rushmore of college hockey arenas. And I've been to a few. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that I've traveled to, you know, a ton or whatnot. There's some on the bucket list that I would like to go to. Um, and there's some that I would like. I, I like aspects of the college hockey arena. Um, but... You know, I, I don't know if I would put it into, into four, but I can give you some bullet points uh, on some of them that I've have been to. Um, obviously, Mariucci. I love the aesthetic of Mariucci. Walking into Mariucci, um, you know, with the murals, um, you know, going up the escalators, um, the lobby. I think I, I think that's awesome. Um, and then you kind of walk in, and then it's just kind of, eh.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I I, I think they probably actually
0: could do a little bit to spruce up that um especially the bathrooms and i haven't been to Mariucci obviously like 10 years so but um uh Coal center is definitely a basketball venue first and foremost so it's you know that that's all right i really like amsoil um you know obviously for for Duluth but i was also a huge fan of the deck and um uh, you know that was uh, duluth's old older ar- uh, arena which had like opera style seating and like you're so you're literally you're, you were like almost literally right on top of the ice um just looking you know straight down at it and the rink dimensions were like 189 by 75 or something like that it was like i think uh it was described by bobby geffert one is playing in a pinball machine the way the puck was bouncing <laughs> off the board so quick um but i really like watching games there and and, and there wasn't yeah you know, i could probably be in the minority there but um yeah magnus not that great i was really disappointed with nope. with, with magnus so um Just uh, some I know you've been you've been to Kalamazoo, uh, the barn there, uh, where where the Huskies are this weekend. But um, you know, just uh, overall college hockey arenas, what which ones have stood out to you?
1: It's kind of like two categories of this, as far as you got your old barns, and then you have your more modern amenities rich facilities. And I think so those are two distinct categories. And it really depends on a matter of taste. I don't think there's a I'm surprised you left off the Ralph. Uh, maybe it's just your UND hatred. Oh it's 100 percent my UND in? hatred.
0: The place is gorgeous. I uh, want to burn it Relf to the ground.
1: <laughs> uh I definitely would put the Ralph uh on the Mount Rushmore. Uh
0: yeah the, I agree with I The Ralph The Ralph uh, rivals any hockey facility. I mean, I don't want to say in North America, but I mean, pretty close. It's, it, it's a gorgeous yeah.
1: place. Went there for, I still have the t-shirt. They had the uh, U18 World Championships there five, six years ago. 2016, I think it was. Not a ton of people in the building that day, which was kind of part of the It's like the the only other times I've been there, it's been a packed house, which is great atmosphere. And, and I think North Dakota fans, I, I think this is an objective opinion. North Dakota fans are better there than the ones that travel to the, to St. Cloud. At least the ones that travel to St. Cloud can be very obnoxious. I'd rather go to a St. Cloud North Dakota game in Grand Forks than I would in St. Cloud. Interesting. Because there was a, there's been, there has been incidents, uh, when plural Kevin St. Cloud hosts, it's almost like has there never has there been a weekend free of incidents? Yeah, probably not. not. Not in my day. So yeah, I definitely would put uh, uh, the Ralph on on the, the Mount Rushmore. I agree with you with Magnus. I, it's one of the more sterile environments to watch a game. As far as like the Barnes, like you know, yeah, Lawson uh, at at Kalamazoo, you're not going to put that on a Mount Rushmore. Because it really is, I mean, the Mac doesn't have as much seating, but it's got, you know, aesthetically, it's in the it's in the ballpark to that. I think they were built roughly around the same time, early seventies, and so it has charm. It's a it's a, it's an old charmer, as they would say on like HGTV, but it's got a lot of
0: character got character
1: which is code for old <laughs> you got to do a lot of upkeep and yeah and i think it's at that point i'm wondering if that how I, it's got to kind of hinder your recruiting at some point they don't just they don't have the kind of facilities that you know and, and amenities from like a locker room and training facility kind of standpoint that even st cloud does st cloud uh, the herb that would be on the Mount Rushmore of college hockey arenas. There, uh, their, sounds, their sound system at least, is on the, is on the uh, Mount Rushmore uh, yeah. of college hockey. I, so I, I find something.
0: the herb definitely as in like that, you know, you describe it as, you know, two different distinct categories. And if there is a Venn diagram, it's right in the middle. Because you got, you know, the upgrades to the to, to, to the lobby, the entry, the suites and whatnot, and that all looks really nice. I love what, you know, what St. Cloud did with the lobby and whatnot, especially with, you know, where the old ticket booths were <laughs> and whatnot. Um, but they did a lot of the, you know, interior stuff to the locker room and some of the, those amenities to keep the recruits yeah. happy and whatnot, whereas you know, the the seating is really outdated, the sound system is terrible. You know. The concrete. Uh, the concrete.
1: All, all the concrete. Uh-huh. It was, it was, it, they, they a bit of bad luck not i mean it was good luck that they got the program started in they went d1 when they did but from an architectural standpoint bad luck to get your new building in 1989 because that was still the era of utility and i i had a professor who's an architecture guy he described i don't know if this is the technical term but this school of architecture is called brutalism. And I think that would describe the rel or the, uh, the herb as far as it's, it ain't pretty gets the job done. Uh, but it ain't pretty. And if it was something like Mankato, they got their kind of new building 10 years after, you know, like late nineties, that was much more of an era of where the, the design standards were, were lifted the post camden yards in baltimore sort of that kind of changed sports stadiums i think whereas you kind of looked at these stadiums as as you know legitimate pieces of architecture and just that saint claude got their building at the very tail end of the previous era to that so a little bit unlucky there but i mean i've obviously watched more college hockey games in that building than any, anywhere else and they still have a I still have fond, very fond memories of it, so it's it's a place I enjoy uh, going back to. As far as, you know, obviously I haven't been to the Eastern schools too much. I did go to the trip they made a couple years ago when they went to BC and Northeastern. Uh, Northeastern is, uh, is worth checking out. That is a uh, roughly 100-year-old uh, arena, Matthews Arena, which uh, I didn't know until I went there that it hosted the Bruins for a couple of years in the twenties. Wow. So it used to be, it used to be an NHL rink, which you can't, I mean, it's four, four or 5,000. I mean, it's, it's, it's very tiny, but it's got its charm. Other than the really annoying Northeastern fan that was gabbing in our ears, the entire game. Uh, Other than that, the uh, Northeastern other than that. And then the Huskies did lose that game. Other than those two things, uh, I would definitely recommend checking out Matthew's arena The BC's arena, on the other hand, was very Magnus-like, sterile. Yeah, not really surprising to me. It was a Thursday game, uh, which I think probably played a part in the fact that there was really not much atmosphere. The Huskies beat them seven rip. Yeah, uh, so their fans were kind of checked out early on that one. But yeah, I was a little disappointed with with theirs. I expected more, but um. And I did go to to BU's arena as well during that trip, um, and there was a newer one. I they used to, they played in an old barn up until I think the mid 2000s. So this is their newer building, 15 years old or so, which was fine. Again, not not uh, spectacular, but not bad either. I'd like to go to a couple of those other like if if I were to have like a bucket list of ones I want to jo- I want to check out it would be like Princeton's rink, Hobie Baker rink or arena um that one's over 100 years old at this point and i've heard it's very very cold Yeah, like the coldest arena in in college hockey you got some of those like harvard harvard as well you got some of these older um rinks that i would like to check out it's just and I mean, just because I'm so far from the East Coast, it's tough, but it'd be nice to just maybe take a couple of weeks and just go to as many as possible in the New England yeah, region and, and check out a bunch of those. So, yeah, I don't know if I can put four on the list just because I've only been to 15 to 15, 20 rinks. To ask, this would be a Bill Prout question. That guy's been oh, you know, everywhere the St. Cloud has and then and then some. So, yeah. Uh, I'm not the best person to ask about this, but I have ones that I've really enjoyed. I've had ones that I've not really enjoyed, and then there's ones that are sort of aspirational. i got to check it out at some point, but a uh, good question, and I wish I had some more time to think about all the ones that I've been to, but
0: um, Al- Alabama-Huntsville. That one's on the on the <laughs> Mount Rushmore. There you go. Um, one that I would like to go to um, as well, and it actually involves the state that I've always wanted to go to, is Maine. Uh, so Alfond Arena, I think that would be kind of a cool, uh, cool one to have
1: to go to. I've heard that Vermont is a good trip. There is a they have a old barn like uh, building which I, I've heard is a good atmosphere to watch a game in. Yeah, Maine would be a good one too. New Hampshire, it's one of the few remaining Olympic sheets, uh, and so those are yeah. With CC not playing on the Olympic sheet, there's. One less of those. Those will hopefully be extinct, and I wish St. Cloud would go back to an NHL-sized rink, but it takes a lot of money to retrofit that. I'm not writing the check. You don't, you <laughs> so. don't have that quite yet. So,
0: um, You know, if you remember any of the best places to eat, Eric was curious. I think he's going to be going to Kalamazoo um so i don't know if best place to eat or if they didn't stick out to you best breweries i bet you would uh appreciate if you got some uh some of favorite ones there um so do you do you remember any one uh, of them that you were i in? don't remember
1: as, as much as i should we went to probably seven or eight uh in one of those trips the second trip at least um be sure to stop by Bell's. Uh, they have they have like a restaurant as well. Like it's all kind of a restaurant attached to. I don't think it's their main brewery, but Bell's it's the Bell's Eccentric Eccentric Cafe is what it's called. We went there and if you like if you like two hearted, Bell's you like IPAs.
0: Bell's Two Hearted was the IPA that got me liking IPAs.
1: It's a good IPA, and they have all sorts of you know brewery only you know beers you can't get in stores especially in Minnesota. So definitely check that out if if hops are your thing. Um, Founders is in Grand Rapids. So if you're going to be through Grand Rapids, Founders might be pound for pound better than Bell's. Uh, I would recommend checking out their brewery. Did go to something that was downtown called the Kalamazoo Beer Exchange. Again, if you're a beer guy... Check that out. They got like a hundred taps. They don't. It's not a brewery. It's just a tap room or a beer bar. But they have it's like a stock exchange kind of theme where even like the prices of the beer will fluctuate based on who's buying what and supply and demand and all that stuff. So if you're like a beer <laughs> fan and an econ oh, nerd.
0: That's cool.
1: <laughs> that, that's your little Venn diagram there.
0: Um, so if there's a run up else too hard the price goes up and then something else something like I something like that I don't even yeah I
1: but there's there was certain times that beer will be specifically cheap you know and the market would crash or something like that yeah <laughs> I don't I don't think it's I don't think Milton Friedman would be a hundred percent sold on the <laughs> economics that they're that they're um,
0: displaying
1: here, but it's a bar. So just go along with <laughs> so it. And,
0: you're saying the invisible hand doesn't ex- quite apply. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, just
1: yeah. Just order order the tall and uh, and you'll be happy, I think. Yeah. And we I. it's again, the last the two trips I went was in 15 and 16. So it's been five years. I don't. We did go. We went to a couple of restaurants. I can't remember the names of any of them. There wasn't anyone that necessarily stuck out, but there wasn't anyone that was like, "Oh, this is this is terrible. I can't, Would never eat here ever again." Go to a place with food, and I think you'll you'll be happy. Or and like I said, I don't know how much of a beer fan they are. If you're not, these the last couple of minutes are really useless. <laughs> but uh, start if you are. If, yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you are into, into the beer, I gave you a couple of, a couple of good options. And then, yeah, just check out. I mean, it's, it's a great beer town. There's, you know, breweries that are really off the beaten track that you can't get anywhere in, in Minnesota. Just Google, Google will be your friend, uh, and put your,
0: put your faith in them. Uh, Eric Zamora, uh, college hockey noob, wanted to be explained why Minnesota at seven and five is ranked seventh ahead of a number of teams with one, two, or even three losses. Uh, How would we explain
1: polls to a (laughs) non-college? Just (laughs) said, just have him listen to any of our previous podcasts this year and If maybe you can mash up like all of the. This is why polls suck, uh October twenty eighth edition. It's favoritism. It's yeah. um, and it, it goes both ways. Like you said, like Lowell, UMass Lowell, the hottest team in college hockey now. They lost their first game of the year. They haven't lost since. Six one and two, I think is their record. They're at like sixteen seventeenth uh in, in the rankings. Wisconsin, as I'm still checking, fifteen votes they got this week. They're not in the top 20, thank God, but they just got worked by Notre Dame. Swept easily. And they got 15 votes. Princeton is three. Why do they get 15? Why do they get 15 votes? Because they're Wisconsin, and they've got, you know, what, four or five national titles, and we expect Wisconsin to be good because they're a name brand. Whereas what uh, has UMass Lowell ever done? Uh, That's the reason why uh, the the polls don't make any.
0: And that's probably why... uh... You know, Michigan overtook number or overtook the top spot because if there's more sizzle with Michigan, more know? sizzle there, sexier team, sexier team, and all the yeah. all the draft picks. like,
1: talk about talk about woodshed weekend. Penn State, oof, didn't seem to be real competitive against Michigan.
0: Man, I really, I feel really sorry for. Them, yeah, it, uh, that's going to be tough. It's you know with all the all the tough competition they've had so far and they run into a decent team and congratulations. That's what those Atlantic hockey teams get you. Yeah.
1: Well, they get it. They get a test with the Gophers this weekend. uh, But don't fear if that doesn't go so well because then they have St. Thomas literally two days later. Um, So. So, I mean, it's,
0: yeah. And that's, yeah, and you know all the talk about polls and whatnot. Just I don't know. I I have also always thought that I I think preseason polls should be just abolished in general. And I've I also thought that like back into the you know may, maybe now the older days of college football where it's just hype and recruit and nothing about what's actually going on and you know you can hang on to those biases you know even if a team starts one and three you know for for college football and maybe that meant a little bit more when they didn't have the playoff but it probably still means a lot you know even if they have the college football playoff too but you know there's obviously a lot more politicking and polls mean a lot more in college football but just the whole notion of preseason polls is just stupid anyway, and when we're this early into the season. I mean, I say this early in the season, and we're already, what, 12 games in. But it's, you know, you still hold on to those biases, and it's just, it it, it just clouds your judgment because you don't want to be wrong. So, yeah, yeah put them up a little bit higher than you probably should.
1: Yep. They don't matter, and we'll continue to say that week in and week out because we'll,
0: it's true. We'll continue to bring it up week in and week out because...
1: It's one of those things, like, I was thinking, like, yeah, because you, you tune into the games and they have the ratings, the USCHO.com rating next to the team. So Omaha was, what, 11th? And then St. Yep. Cloud was number one, obviously. Just trying to think, like, this is USCHO is a website. Yeah. What, how I mean, it's kind of amazing that they were able to... Just like, yeah, no, we are the authority. Our poll is the authority and have, you know, student run broadcasts say, yep, yeah, well, that's the rating. We got to put it next to the team on the scoreboard. I'm not blaming them for doing that. I'm, it's more just amazing that <laughs> USCHO
0: is the de facto
1: has earned this. Yeah, has earned it. Well, I, isn't the US, uh, the USA Today poll, isn't that more coaches are doing that? Whereas the USCHO poll, I think is just. Beat writers. Yeah, and at least. It's just uh,
0: beat staff writers, really, I think.
1: At least the USA Today, because I think it's in tandem with the USA Hockey in some regard. Yep. I think coaches do that. And it's like, that seems to be more of a trustworthy poll. Plus, they only do 15 teams, which makes more sense, as we mentioned, that only 16 teams make the tournament. So kind of pretty stupid to have a poll that has a top 20. Um, but yeah, let's do that. Let's just say, yeah, polls still don't matter. But let's start looking at the USA Today poll instead.
0: I, like, you brought up a really See, good you, point. Is, like, where, like, how, holy, how, I th- how? I thought
1: I saw you rolling your eyes right there. No! Did I
0: actually stumble upon something smart? No.
1: <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not 100% sure on the voting structure, on who I mean, votes. It, but it, it
0: sounds right. And, well, it's, like, like the, the way that they're... They've been able to market that poll to be like, yeah, this is this is the one that 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 everyone should use. Like how did they get to that point? That that's it's how, a website. It's, like, is, it's a <laughs> website. <laughs> Just like it's uh,
1: United States College Hockey online. I mean, at least I mean CHN which is not perfect. I don't know, maybe reasonably people can disagree. I think CHN is miles more authoritative than us, Joe. but they don't do a poll, so maybe that maybe that's their 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 weakness.
0: Yeah, doesn't get the clicks. They just have early pairwise that we can <laughs> we can analyze why Yale is getting in right now, or you know, mm-hmm. just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but yeah, just the politicking that they were able to 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 become the de facto. You know you know, go go to us. We're number one. We're the pool. We should have a poll of the polls so we can rank them. What would you rank? Maybe we should do a we should do a poll. I mean it wouldn't be as good as we should do a poll
1: and don't we have the uh KBSC guy on our team? He's a listener, right? Yeah, th- there we go. Just have him this is the number one huskies. They're like, well, what, according to who? Well, no, it's the poll that matters. The poll, that it's the matters. Huskies Hockey Pod, the HHP Pop College Hockey Poll. <laughs> Guarantee I watch more hockey than some of the people that are voting the college hockey games than some of the voters yeah. for the yes Show poll are. Well, I didn't realize this. Speaking of Lowell, quick, quick aside. There was like a Hockey East has some deal with CBS. Uh, you can there's an app. I watched a little bit of this the both nights of Lowell's weekend. For free. Didn't have to pay oh, right. anything for it. They also had the the BC games. So I'm wondering if it's just certain schools. At, well, BC was at UConn. So that was on Friday night. And then Lowell hosted BC on Saturday. I was able to watch both of those games. Again, I wasn't watching it closely. It was just kind of my, on my iPad while I was watching the Husky game. But if you go to like CBS, it's called like uh, College Sports Live. It'll take you to a CBS app. But... They have some uh, Hockey East games on there. So, if you're interested, and like I said, it's free. So, if you're interested in watching some of these Eastern teams, it's very tough a lot of times to, to check in on these teams. But ESPN Plus has ECAC games, and now yeah. I found a little uh, spot for some uh, Hockey East games. So, it's nice to be able to watch to watch a little bit of Lowell.
0: Huh. Well, the hottest team in the country. You, I wouldn't know that yeah. unless I was uh, a co-host on the Huskies Hockey Podcast. Look at that. Um, uh, last question from our good buddy, Dan Jacobson. Am I getting the, uh, Pokemon, uh, remake diamond and pearl remake for the switch? And I am not. And actually that's because I am not a big Pokemon guy. And I don't know if I'm just a little oh. bit too old for Pokemon where like it's heyday and I didn't have a game boy. I actually got a game gear. Um. Because that was in color and that was a mistake. (laughs) That was they didn't have uh online reviews of uh what system to get. But nothing burned through six double A batteries quicker than that game gear, I'll tell you that much. But um yeah, so I never really got into it and any of the Pokemon games. So all of that, um, you know, I did download and played a little bit of Pokemon Go because that was that was fun for what it was. Um, But I even did that. Yeah. Oh, it feels like like the the, the nation. For about the thirty yeah.
1: Yeah, for about the thirty seconds that it went viral. Like completely viral. Yeah. I know it's like still pretty big, but more so in just in like the Pokemon world.
0: So yeah, it's no a big Metroid brand, so you know, playing Metroid Dread and whatnot, happy I was able to play that and beat that. But Pokemon never kind of let my world on fire. So I uh, I'm gonna pass on that. Any other thoughts? Do you have a favorite Pokemon? I couldn't name
1: one. There's like separate characters. There's like
0: 700 different Pokemon.
1: I thought I know that there's like classes or, you know, like. Uh, you can tell I don't know anything about this, so <laughs> we should
0: probably just stop over ahead. Well, there's different generations of games. And all of them have, like, 150 or something like that, different Pokemon, so.
1: I think the last, like, true video game that I played was Paperboy, so it's been a while. I played, I played
0: quite a bit of Paperboy. I I was pretty good at Paperboy. Yeah, I'm a little Game Boy. Yeah, Yeah,
1: great. When you get to Saturday and it's going really, really fast. Really
0: fast, and they have that dog and the witch and the (laughs) person with the rolling pin coming chasing after you, and the Grim Reaper comes out, and. The race car. The
1: Saturday was Saturday the last day or was Sunday? You'd think that delivering the Sunday paper would be the biggest challenge.
0: I think Sunday was the last day.
1: Okay. I maybe I never got there. That's that's why I could never get past Saturday. Yeah.
0: So the end would always be like an obstacle course and Paperboy was a solid game. So I agree. So well, about does uh you know long podcast i did not expect it to go this long but you know when we were you know talking about christopher guest for so long i i suppose you know it's well you know next bye week maybe we'll we'll rank uh, all the christopher guest movies
1: so we'll we'll have to watch mascots by then
0: well we'll watch mascots by then well after they stole my idea true and my idea for for a christopher guest movie well, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, hopefully, we'll recap uh, a sweep for the Huskies. We'll uh, we'll we'll see what happens. It'll be a fun weekend. Until uh, next time, go Huskies! Woo! Woo!